0: Food lethargy. Agreed. That's what we're bringing.
1: The post-food lethargy. I combat that with just uh, like getting medical-grade caffeine and stirring it into a cup of water.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I am drinking strawberry daiquiris that, that I made. Um, so that's oh, nice. going to keep me nice and, and juiced up it, this is the trial run <clears throat> i'm bringing oh, yeah. i'm bringing the ingredients to a barbecue next week and i'm gonna oh nice gonna, i'm gonna blow that shit up daiquiri style i'm
1: reporting you to yeah, I'm not reporting Just you reporting you to uk to, to uh, terror terrorism watch uh the terrorism
0: nonces to
1: <laughs> For saying, Are specially gonna specially
0: designated anti-terror pedophiles yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that you said you were gonna blow up a barbecue with your daiquiris
0: hell yeah honestly if they fucking come into my house and they find these daiquiris i'm going straight to jail because they're gonna know they're bomb as hell man yeah that's right <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's up Freda? how are you doing
0: yeah how are you i'm doing good um i didn't
2: sleep much but i mean i never do so I'm also loaded up on caffeine, and I'm having a beer, having a good time. Oh, Excellent.
0: healthy brain, is it? Oh, yeah. Let's go.
2: I also spent all of today just like editing, so my brain is kind of fried as well. That's oh,
1: a, nice. You're in the perfect, yeah. the perfect mental realm for podcasting.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I should brain have done off. that, but I went to a magic tournament instead, because I'm...
1: Like an IRL magic it. tournament? Yeah, I won. Nice. Were you drunk yeah. at the time, or did you get drunk after?
0: No, but I would have still won if I was. Because in fact, I would have won harder <laughs> because of these daiquiris. Can't stress enough.
1: I'm going to be <laughs> real with you, Kay. I've watched several of your
0: uh, Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't want to be you know, rude or anything, but you, you are constantly getting curb stomped uh, <laughs> by people online. Well, um, well,
0: that's because they have a rank system where you win oh, a bunch and then you get to the people who are way better than you and then you, you can't Fall down yeah. <laughs> in rank very much. So you get up to a point, and you just start getting the shit kicked out of you. <laughs> you can't just go to like
2: tournaments and play against eight-year-olds all the time.
1: Yeah, Yeah, just
0: screaming in the face of a crying eight-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so good. Just like that's what I want.
1: <laughs> I'm better than you. I'm better, and they're just like in a, this fucking kindergarten full of children. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations, Kay, on being king of the baby puzzles.
0: Uh that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I screamed in the face of all the small children, and then I I went and tried to hit on their moms, and it, it didn't work. They saw they saw what I did. <laughs> what I did. But, uh... <laughs> nice. But yeah. See, the trick is to watch my uh, magic streams right after the season resets. Ah, <laughs> when I'm making my I way see. up, that's when all the winning happens. <laughs> and that, then I should stop streaming. Everyone will think I'm really good at it.
1: <laughs> that's a that's a good idea. Just uh, space out those streams so that people see you working your way up the ladder. And then the the second yeah. you lose a single match, you're like, okay, let's play a different game.
0: Yeah, it's time for a different game. <laughs> fuck that's a really good bit i might start doing that and then if i die in that game i'll just be like that for a different game yeah
1: (laughs) you just just, like cut the stream like the second before you die and you're just like oh yeah well i would have won that but let's switch to something else i'm bored of that
0: Uh, (laughs) yeah i'm I'm tired of this actually
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i didn't want to play magic that much actually
0: (laughs) i might do that next time
1: (laughs) oh well excellent I have. I'm excited to start uh, this episode because um, rarely have we had such a a good lineup of stories and guests. I think
0: I'm ready to go ape shit on this one. I don't know about you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. sweet, (laughs) excellent. I got a fan blasting at me. Is it coming up on the mic at all? Um, it's fucking hot.
1: Yeah, I've heard. I've heard the UK is having a really nasty heat wave.
0: That's right. It was a sweaty, sweaty magic tournament, let me tell you. Oh boy. Oh boy. I don't <laughs> want to imagine that. Yeah. Just things got spicy in there.
1: Dozens of unwashed nerds just sweating and several in like industrial
0: sized fans desperately trying to, you know, keep things under control. Blasting the fun. cards
1: on the table. <laughs> they were
0: aimed kind of upwards, but there was like a cyclone at head level kind of. Jesus. <laughs> it was awesome.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. I'm Alton. With me, as always, is Kay. Yo. Unfortunately, uh, Reese uh, could not be here due to medical reasons, so please send all your love to Reese, and send emojis of hammers to Matt Walsh and um, all of other Reese's various enemies. Uh, And joining us today is Fredda. Hello, Fredda. Hello. So... I wanted to have Fred on because very recently a story has come out about this game called Ecumene Aztec, which is basically an Assassin's Creed game set in the Aztec Empire during the Spanish uh, invasion. And recently, like I said, there was this story about how Ecumene Aztec Basically, got like a whole bunch of far right pushback on the base premise of the game, which is essentially that you are an Aztec warrior fighting against the Spanish invaders. And uh, a lot of right wing people got very butt hurt about that, and basically like <laughs> sent enough death threats to the developer to like, uh, uh, okay, we'll we'll add it so you can play, it. you can be on the side of the Spanish. <laughs> Yes, and it's it's so funny the way they frame it as well. Yeah, and you were tweeting out like a whole bunch of stuff about that, and I think uh, at some point I learned that uh, you were a history major, and I was like, yes. "This is, this is perfect. We get we'll have not just one but two history
0: perverts on the pod." <laughs> this is really the most academic podcast on the internet. I've always said,
1: <laughs> just to just to, to dissect this situation, which is really odd so i've got an article here from uh i don't speak spanish so i'm gonna butcher the pronunciation on all this but el pace uh english which uh goes over goes over the situation of the game which is really bizarre so it's a game about a a south american pre-colonial empire right and it's being made by uh, Polish game developers.
0: <laughs> yes, the Polish are notoriously cool about race, so I'm yes, fine it, especially in their video this. games. Yeah, they love it.
1: Yeah, I better pull up the article that talks about how really they, they did change like the entire game's premise uh, to appease uh, nationalists.
2: Not only that, they like basically made it so they have to make like a second
0: game yeah that's that's what was most striking to me is the concession that they're making seems completely impossible for them to actually meet you know like mm-hmm. without massively extending their release plans like potentially years this is their release studio.
2: plans aren't even clear like there have uh, I, I don't know if it's been clarified now but when this stuff was blowing up uh there were like figures saying okay it's releasing in 2023 someone said and uh, they had, at some point, said 2024 and also 20, 2025. Yeah. So, and also they don't, like, they didn't have a website, I think, at the beginning. So none of this was communicated officially.
1: Let me read some of the snippets from the, the article from here on El Pace. The video game by Polish developer Giants Craft Games has generated positive and negative comments from Mexican users and others around the world. In Mexico, opinion is divided on whether to applaud something fresh and different or to criticize the, quote, inaccurate portrayal of pre-Columbian civilization. On the other side of the pond, some radical groups didn't like players acting out the role of an indigenous Mesoamerican murdering Spanish soldiers and bought the company's unregistered domain. They turned it into a disinformation site that glorifies Spanish imperialism and presents images linked to fascism and the extreme right wing. Uh, viewers of the website are greeted by a quote attributed to the spanish conquistador hernan cortez and a giant image of the cross of burgundy heraldry linked to spanish ultranationalists. the only link on the website is to an instagram page with a post suggesting that giantscraft did not reserve the giantscraft.com domain and an opportunist swiped the domain after a preview of ecumene aztec was released The Instagram page describes Ecumene Aztec as a, quote, new video game based on the conquest of America where users play an Aztec warrior who, with dubious historical rigor, massacres Spaniards in the purest (laughs) Assassin's Creed style. Uh, Contrary to history, this game portrays Spaniards as murderers, looters, slavers, and ruthless genocidal killers.
0: Oh, yeah, totally contrary.
2: Contrary to history, yeah.
0: (laughs) None of that happened. So the it's, the scale of yeah. historical denial, um, obviously nothing new for fascist freaks like this, but uh, it's quite impressive. You know, I, I think a lot of the time they'll instead say, like, no, it was right for us to do these things for X and Y reason, to just say, oh, no, they, what, killing people? Enslaving people? Nah, come on. Like, yeah, that's no, that's, like, that's bold. That, Europeans that never, would never
2: do
1: that. Con-
0: yeah,
2: conquest? War? Killing people? Nah. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's so strange because, like, it, everyone knows this was like this was a conquest. There was a siege of Tenochtitlan and all that stuff. I don't know if I pronounced oh, yeah. that correctly. Probably not. But, but they're saying, you know, no, <laughs> there wasn't any war. There was any killing. And then some of them are saying, well, okay, but they deserved it because of all the human sacrifice, um, which is, you know, the logical con- like extent or the logical sort of conclusion when you say that, okay, yeah, it did happen. Um, and then mm-hmm. they go on to saying, oh, yeah, but there were only like a couple of conquistadors. It was mostly like infighting, which I'm sure, you know, the arrival of the conquistadors and them giving weapons to people and sort of stoking ethnic divisions never uh, had any sort of influence in how that escalated. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Obviously, they, they don't want to. <laughs> they're they're Spanish nationalists. They don't want to talk about like the actual stuff that happened.
1: There's like a ton of stuff to get into with this like yeah uh, there's a couple more bits in the article i wanted to talk about because uh lower down in the page it says other critics derided the game's portrayal of tenochtitlan uh, the capital of the mexican empire which depicted it as a decaying and gloomy jungle uh navaret who has a doctorate in mesoamerican studies from the national autonomous university of mexico unam says that the setting echoes other representations of the Aztecs and Mexicas as, quote, human sacrificers. He points to Apocalypto, the film by Mel Gibson, about the decline of the Mayans, (laughs) and the, quote, infamous Manlinche musical by Nacho Cano, a production that he says is, quote, full of lies, historical biases, and fascist ideology. Quote, the setting seems very vague. Manlinche presents... The Aztecs as a jungle people, which I also see here in the video game, that has more to do with the racist prejudices of Europeans who associate the jungle with savagery. If they wanted an accurate representation of the Mexicas or Aztecs, they could have depicted the Chinampas, an agricultural system featuring artificial floating islands, and the aqueducts in Tenochtitlan as big cities like uh, Cholula and Zampola. But instead, the game setting is much more primitive, says Navarrete. So that was interesting to me in that from everything we've seen from, like, the gameplay trailers and stuff, it is very much like, yeah, Assassin's Creed set in a jungle when, yeah, uh, you know, I think... And, and ruins. Pretty famously, a lot of these South American empires had a massive, you know, you know, they had, like, cities with, like, a million people on them. They were very clearly agricultural in nature. Yeah, yeah
0: like... Tenochtitlan, it might be pronounced uh, Tenochtitlan, I don't remember. Sorry to Quatzicotl. Um mm-hmm. It was larger than any European city at the time.
2: Like the Europeans, uh, like the Spanish conquistadors and stuff, when they arrived, they said it was like the greatest thing they had ever laid eyes on. Like nothing oh, yeah. like this existed in Europe. They They were blown
0: away. They were marveling at it, and some of them highlighted how fucking colorful and beautiful everything yes. was. Mm-hmm. It did not look like the shit in the trailer. This is what
2: um, all of like the the um, uh, people who study this that I uh, interact with are so fucking pissed about because like the the dress of the main character uh, is very boring and drab and not even representative of like what someone at least like a warrior would have worn. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, painting of the buildings and everything like it's all sort of representative of like yeah these like primitive um quote-unquote uh ruined like imagery i guess that one associates with uh past civilizations often that's what it looks like now after it's been like been
1: destroyed and like the jungles come back to reclaim it
0: yeah that's what it evokes right is it evokes how these things look now it makes you think of the ruin of this civilization not of what it actually was which to me feels like this inherently racist kind of way to look back on it you know what i mean yes Mm -hmm. and And yeah the guy should have been dressed like fruity as hell you should have had like big bright uh feathers and stuff like (laughs) it's all wrong he's no plumage that's a cucked warrior no plumage get out of here
2: there's um like there's some stuff that uh, was highlighted by um, artists and stuff. Um, obviously, like people who are listening can't see any of this, but um uh, just to like describe, again, feathers and stuff all over the place, like cloaks and things, yeah, big plumage,, uh, this like big like beak thing on their head and stuff like that. like all this uh, all these artists who have been studying historical references in order to make these fun, authentic, I guess, is a word you could make or where you can use uh, depictions of this i got so pissed at how boring this looked
1: yeah
0: yeah it's such a wasted opportunity because this is a society with first well first of all aesthetic sensibilities that are so different but also like feathers were very valued despite being quite a perishable good because they had such a decorative and ceremonial um sort of centrality in this civilization and it's like they simply are valuing physical items that we don't at all that's such a great opportunity for design and, and making things look unique and interesting in a video game that are just not taken advantage of.
1: And it rules that this is just like some fucking Polish people somewhere. is like, uh, what's South America like? <laughs> uh, jungles maybe. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't
2: find it, but someone in my disco talked about how these guys had made like two unity asset flip games or something in the past. And, mm. uh, this just sort of accidentally
0: probably blew up and they were yeah. not prepared for any of this probably not that's probably why they buckled to all the fucking fascist pressure because they were yeah. like oh god we can't we we don't want to be getting this this volume of death threats actually this they, yeah
2: they were like we'll <laughs> just do both right <laughs> like oh, yeah. everyone will be happy
1: yeah at this point in the article it talks about how they made an announcement on steam saying that the users would be allowed to pick a side in the new version and i wanted to read this uh yeah, I wanted to read the 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 quote straight from the Steam page because it's holy so fucking good. shit, it's insane! It's insane! Um, it's, it's mad. Actually, you know, I I bet I should give someone else the opportunity to read this while my my dry mouth recovered. Who would like to read the image oh, I'll read
0: it. All right. <clears throat> so the Steam description for Ecumene Aztec um is the great Tenochtitlan is on fire. Now that the war is broken out, I must choose whether to join our compatriots to rebel or sorry, repel the invaders or to join the newcomers who want to liberate us from the priests sacrificing our own brothers and children. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. we should talk about Aztec human sacrifice a bit because I feel like that's something i found really interesting was how quickly uh, reactionaries latched on to that as a talking point like very consistently and it kind of reflects the language of like tumblr era social justice the way they're talking is like actually the aztecs were problematic mm-hmm. like it was a big <laughs> yeah. yikes how they were sacrificing human beings um and i found that very interesting even our fascists fucking act like this now it drives me up the goddamn wall it's
2: insane it's <laughs>
0: But also, okay. So here's my thing: um, human sacrifice morally justified. What do we think?
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, why not? No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't give a get shit. Down with it. Anyway, uh, the thing, <laughs> you know, the thing about this to me is that if I'm remembering like my world history correctly, the entire system of human sacrifice was set up that they wouldn't sacrifice just like random women and children. They would do raids on enemy tribes and like uh capture warriors and sacrifice them so this was like enemy combatants mostly
0: so a lot of it was they had uh the flowery wars um but there were other it's a bit of a contested thing amongst historians right now Mm. whether certain specific rituals were using combatants or people from the city but a lot of them were definitely using uh captured enemy combatants And it's really important because it's also reflected in the way Aztecs fight. Like they, a lot of their weapons are to sort of disable and capture, not to kill. Um, This starts to change when the Spanish show up fighting a very different type of battle, obviously. Mm. But um, it's not just random massacres. It's a pretty rigid ritual system that works in specific ways for specific reasons. And the more you learn about it the more it becomes impossible to view this as as some like bizarre savage like horror movie you know cannibal tribesman behavior you know it's it this is a pretty sophisticated civilization yeah um mm-hmm. despite how how some people want to color it you
2: know but also this thing about uh in general with human sacrifice in past uh, societies and stuff is that a lot of the time uh the times in which they have done it get sort of conflated in this like one narrative about this one civilization being this one thing uh, when these things could have happened under very (laughs) different circumstances over very different time periods and Mm -hmm. it's uh, something you see in like every situation like this like the human sacrifice in Carthage for example which uh, probably was like an act of desperation and human sacrifice in like in in Norse um, religion which was not as pronounced as it is uh, depicted in uh, some video games, for example, by Paradox or mm-hmm. uh, in media stuff like that. It's uh, it's all sort of taking this uh, this uh, very diverse culture over a long span of time and sort of distilling it into like an essence of what you like and what you don't like. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of debate about how often the Aztecs were sacrificing. It was something they did. With some regularity, but the scale of it is often massively exaggerated by Spanish sources. And one of our best sources is Bernardino Sahagun, who himself gives these kind of hard to place accounts like he will he will start talking about a ritual. But as he's talking, he'll start going into what is clearly a different ritual without sort of signposting that. And it becomes hard to to say if a single um, chapter is really pertaining to just one event or multiple events. And and so it gives this
1: the original like uh, I was in a liberal coffee shop of like (laughs) 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 I mean, a lot of what he
0: wrote is is from what other people have told him as well. So it creates this thing where you can read this chapter of what this guy wrote, and it all you're hearing about is these instances of sacrifice, and it can be easy to then project that onto how you think about the civilization, where this is just what they do. It's a very decontextualized way of looking at it that I think a lot of people have, because I think if you just ask a random person, that's probably one of the only things they know about the Aztec Empire. So I feel like this whole weird controversy that shouldn't have been anything was really feeding on that as well
1: yeah. what a shock that uh right-wing reaction feeds on ignorance that's a new one
0: i don't think that's ever happened before. crazy
2: uh- <laughs> can i like talk about so, like an aside that i had happened that was really funny sure um relating to this because i uh obviously when when they first announced that you would be allowed to play as both sides. And, you know, of course, they framed it in a very strange way where they were like, okay, you can join the conquistadors and fight the cast of sacrifice-making priests or join the Aztec warriors to repel the quote-unquote newcomers, Um, which was very funny framing. And I was like, okay, I don't think anyone, like, wanted this exact thing. And I had one of my followers quote tweet me and say something about, like, you know, okay, in this new World War II game, you'll get to play as Hitler. And that got picked up by that like delusional takes account oh mm-hmm. yeah um, I saw that.
1: <laughs> which yeah one of the worst gimmicks accounts on that yes on the site which yeah. is saying something all
2: it sucks it's i mean it's just like a, a way of like sort of stealthily showing people sometimes uh very silly people uh who they disagree with and sometimes you know real actual funny takes and then sort of framing it all as bad uh, in order to like get people to automatically disagree with this kind of stuff when they see it um, in their day to day life, but uh, the thing that uh, then like happened from that was that I quoted to that with like sources about how the Spanish, um, specifically in this period, are the reason we have our modern uh, conception of race and racism. Yeah, and <laughs> and also like how they killed so many people in in um, in their conquest uh, in America that they literally caused the Little Ice Age. Mm-hmm. And I immediately got blocked.
1: Yeah, I saw that. That was really
2: funny. <laughs> because I, I think I got like close to ratioing him and that, that led to a block immediately.
1: God. I, I fucking can't stand these dipshit reactionaries. There was something not to get too off topic again, but uh, Juniper has been doing her thing where she's she's been like He's replying so to the quartering Jeremy Hanley. <laughs> and just like absolutely fucking destroying him on like the likes ratio um and this fucking dumb whiny man child is like she's using bots it's so obvious that she's using bots
0: these people are so fucking thin-skinned despite their you know what they the image they want to project it's really really obnoxious
2: yeah not to again like go even further into the tangent, but I'm going to anyways. Have you guys seen the th- thing where he, uh, like on a live stream got so drunk he like pissed on the floor? Oh, I keep I get I've, seeing I've references
1: to that in his mentions as like, go piss in a basement, <laughs> basement pisser. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I haven't seen that, but that sounds very funny.
2: He needed to, he really needed to go so he couldn't get up and go anywhere else, I guess.
1: Yeah, I want. there's one last thing I want to wrap up with this particular story. This is a, a snippet from like a, a different article, but I, I like the framing of this one better. In a statement made through its PR, the developers of Ecumene Aztec said the change in scope was due to asks from the community. Quote, it was not planned. However, we saw that about 40% of the audience says that they would like to have the choice to join the conquistadors, so we might actually try to give this possibility the game is not political in any in any way and never will be it is history fiction all caps there's
0: nothing <laughs> political about my holocaust nothing video
1: there's nothing. absolutely nothing political about this uh please don't look at the people telling us to change it and i, I just want to say about this that uh, uh poland is definitely not beating the screen door allegations with this one
0: <laughs> yeah this is such GamerGate bullshit this is so fucking 2014 to be like this is not a political video game don't get mad at me yeah about the, doing no politics. politics in my games please i mean i yeah there, there's like
1: a, a certain like threshold level where i think it's acceptable to say that it's not your game's not really that political
2: yeah if you're playing like bob ice you or something
1: but you're saying this about a game in which uh you fight as an aztec warrior against the spanish empire? I don't know, man. That sounds kind of political to me.
2: <laughs> I feel yeah, I feel like if you're playing in a game where you're in a war in general, you kind of just like the non-political angle just goes straight out the window.
1: Yeah, especially like a historic say that. real life conflict that yeah. happened. It's not like yeah. the elves and dwarves have been fighting for 500 mm-hmm. years. <laughs> You can't uh, you can't abstract that away.
0: Yeah, and it should be said that the Spanish, um, even discounting the invasion and genocide um, in uh, Central and South America, um, they already have no moral high ground here. Like, these Spanish nationalists are so fucking goofy. Um, Caroline uh, Penick, a uh, really good historian on this subject, I think, um, makes a point that I have been trying to sort of make because i think it really contextualizes what's happening in in this conversation Uh, the spanish the inquisition was happening at the exact same time as and throughout pretty much the entire colonial um invasion and and post-invasion process uh in in latin america right Mm -hmm. um where they are torturing and killing people or well Handing them to the secular state to be killed technically didn't do it. Wink, wink. I I love the Inquisition. They're so full of shit. It's great. Mm -hmm. Um, And she makes a really great point, which is that they are... Also, you know, killing human beings and then, you know, going and writing about how savage and scary the Aztecs are for killing human beings. Right. Um, Meanwhile, the Aztec sacrifices are believed to go to sort of the the best, most glorious afterlife, the same one that the warriors go to, whereas the Inquisition is condemning heretics. Um, If they're condemned to death, they're going to hell. Hundred percent. They think they're going to hell. Um, and I think there. um, I mentioned this Alton, I think to you, um, off pod a little while ago, but I just Mm -hmm. think there's an argument for a dramatically different moral sort of, um, evaluation between these two. I think one is so much worse than the other because of that belief. Uh, the idea that the Spanish are civilized, um, against the savage sacrificers is ludicrous.
2: Yes. Like it's very ironic and, and fucked up that, uh, just like months before columbus landed in a, in the americas uh spain expelled its jewish population
0: yes and
2: in, in like the years following they started setting up uh a, like systems and local laws ordinances and such that required that you have a sort of um uh, a um, sort of blood purity uh, pass that showed that you did not have any muslim or jewish heritage in order to yeah. occupy certain positions
0: this is why the Nazi comparisons are completely appropriate and yep. I would argue necessary because the I, I, I'm my, my big sort of beef forever is people who want to like uh, uphold Nazism as this unique special evil that it's inappropriate or disrespectful to compare to, to other um, sort of political you know factions or, 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 or countries or whatever. Um, but it's no, it this is Nazi shit. Yeah, Agreed. straight up. Fuck Spain yeah the eu hasn't talked them over enough let's get them some more fucking Fuck's spanish <laughs>
1: empire you got so much gold your stupid ass empire collapsed that's how dumb you were oh, idiots okay. owned
0: i would have simply Bro. not lost to the british in a naval battle because you know yeah. weather
1: ratio ratio by the
0: queen
1: horatio Nel- nelson <laughs> i think that was a little before horatio nelson uh,
0: (laughs) yeah a little bit no don't don't worry about it that was it (laughs) (laughs) he's he's
2: timeless he's timeless it's good that's right
1: anyway um tying in to uh history uh what it is and um how we how how we can stop it from happening um you know, I fucking hate history. Let's stop I, it. I, I hate it. We I must hate stop it. fukuyama is a lying. He's right. A lying. <laughs> no, no, he's a lying bitch. Now. He's a lot. Li- he's a oh, liar. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. said it would be over. It keeps happening.
0: There's still history, folks. There's I'm seeing history. His- every I'm day. seeing history <laughs> being
1: made every day. And that <laughs> motherfucker told me it was over, and I didn't have to learn anything more about it. But luckily, uh there's this great game developer called paradox interactive <laughs> that, oh let's <that's> go <laughs> that we can all learn our video game history from now
0: absolutely that's i learned everything i know from them
1: uh yeah me too i i learned that um you know like hitler was just an idiot he, he could have won that war so easily if he had just known these five weird tips that allies don't want you to know. Um, yeah, bro.
0: If I was Hitler, if I was Hitler, though, something I, c- I consider like five times a day, <laughs> this is what I would have
1: done. I'm always thinking about <laughs> Hitler, how Hitler could have won. I'm putting myself in his shoes uh all the time, and nobody should look at me suspiciously. <laughs> For that, I'm fact. just trying to
0: figure out the most optimal way to complete the Holocaust. I don't know why everyone's looking at me like <laughs> I'm being weird. I'm
1: trying to do any percent on a, a Nazi <laughs> yes. victory in World <laughs> no, War II, no. <laughs> and people are just uh, just looking at me, looking at me like I'm the weirdo. Uh, <laughs> but this is a topic we've had on our back burner for fucking ages, like just over a year since we added it to the Trello, and. It's been something I've been wanting to talk about as time goes on, because more and more we are seeing people whose ability to think about history in any other way than uh, a map painting game uh, is being just eroded from them by playing these paradox interactive games.
0: In their defense, in their defense, there are some military historians who treat it that way as well. Mm. Um, so they are joining a proud tradition um, yes. of dipshits.
1: And uh, I love that
2: for them. Alton, first, uh, if I could just ask, did you know that I uh my YouTube channel was like all about Heartfine for Let's Place for like a year
1: or two when I started? I did before not... you invited me on here. I did not know that. <laughs> that is but so it, funny. It fits perfectly, I think.
2: Yeah. Everything I do now is to sort of uh, like repent for that, by the way. That makes a lot of sense.
1: I think the first video yep. that stuck out to me was, uh, like I said, the Dwarf Fortress Communism video. But then, like, going through your videos, I 100% think, uh, like, a a while ago, I saw the Halo Cursed Edition. Yes. Because the, the blurred-out Thanos yep. cock, um, <laughs> it sticks in your memory. But I, I didn't even I, realize yeah. that was you, because I watched that so long ago. Yeah,
2: no, that's like my most successful video. I had to watch um a lot of Thanos cock, unblurred, uh, when editing that. And then I had to watch it again when I realized I missed some of it, but luckily YouTube didn't realize. Um, <laughs> I'm very glad YouTube has this system where you can go in and blur stuff in post. Yeah,
0: that's useful. There's a lot of Thanos cock in my videos. They haven't noticed yeah. <laughs>
1: it seems like you have like a lot of expertise uh destroying your brain with uh paradox interactive games so i'm i'm curious before we get into this article that we have uh what your experience with that has been like
2: um so like over the course of um 1165 hours of hearts find four jesus um (laughs) and yep and doing youtube with that uh that stuff i've uh, seen firsthand the kind of uh, conceptions people get uh, about history through these video games. And there are some good things to be said about uh, these games in terms of what they can teach and what they sometimes do teach about history. But there's also a fuck ton of bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things about Hearts of Find 4, for example, and also a big thing about European Result is 4, uh, which touches on the like Aztec stuff because uh, it's it relates to the period in which the Americas were colonized. Is that these games have no way of like dealing with and telling you about the really bad stuff that happened right. without uh, basically giving the fascists a way to like do wish fulfillment and mm. you know all that stuff. It's telling that the most, I believe, well, actually maybe the second most uh, popular Hoswin Four mod is one called The New Order, which is basically a, a visual novel in the Hoswin four engine, which, takes place in a world where the germans won world war ii and it's like the 1960s and there's just like a fuck ton of genocide a lot of like really edgy shit going on Mm. um like there's people who are now self-identifying by the fictional ideologies in that mod oh boy that i'm like finding on on the internet like it's and these people are obviously like 14 years old or whatever
1: but it's not good yeah, personally, I, I identify with the communist faction in the My Little Pony Hearts of Iron mod.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously.
1: Obviously. That, that one... God, that mod is so fucking funny.
0: <laughs> Was it Hearts of Iron 4 that just does not mention the Holocaust? Yes, pretty much. Yeah. And it's one the of those things where it's like, I, I get why. I get yes. why. It's, I just wouldn't make the game... If you're thinking about like, <laughs> is this going to be distasteful? Maybe don't make the game.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's obviously like a tough situation they find themselves in. Uh, but like the fact that they then kind of do it by having these like policies in terms of uh, how you like deal with occupied territories, where I think you can do forced labor as like a policy in occupied territories, right? And that kinda like touches on it, but doesn't actually like recognize the actual stuff that's going on, is yeah. kind of making it worse in, in my mind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Well, it boils down, you know, complex, ideologically driven history into a system of purely mechanical decisions that give advantages yes. and disadvantages versus things that, you know, a lot of countries did that gave them no advantage whatsoever, but were just sort of shitty.
2: There's um, a fun part about the ideology system in that game where um, you're either a democratic government... Mm-hmm. You are or you are a fascist government, or you're a communist government, or you are unaligned. And hey, a unaligned government. Yes, yeah, secret fourth thing. And that secret fourth thing encompasses everything from I think like I'm not sure. I think anarchists fall in that for some reason in the Spanish Civil War, I'm not sure. Um uh-huh. and the German Empire falls in that if you restore the Kaiser somehow in that game. A lot of like autocracies that aren't Explicitly, like fascist, whatever, fall in that, and it's all because of this like mechanical uh, system where they want certain nations to play well with each other. They want Japan and Spain, like Francoist Spain and Italy and Germany, to ally, so they are mm. all fascist. They want you know Stalin to, I guess, I don't know, like how many nations arrive or arise naturally in that game that are communist uh, by their definition. But they want they want America and Britain to join forces, so they are quote unquote democratic. That kind of stuff. And it's just like a very strange uh, oversimplification of (laughs) of, like any sort of like political analysis of ideology. Right. That, um, yeah, doesn't lend itself well to understanding anything. And it creates situations where people are like, well, you are this thing, this thing, or that thing. And there's no democracy in communism because they're not democratic. There's no, you know, liberal democracy in fascism and vice versa because they're different things. Yeah. It's, yeah, as we said, this, like, sort of mechanical way of looking at things.
0: Right. It reminds me a bit of Political Compass Brain, right? Yes. Just this completely, like, segmented off and not reflective of reality way of of thinking about uh, political models. It's great. It's been really constructive for us.
1: But anyway, let's get into this article. I think this article is really uh, good. This is uh, Kids Are Learning History from Video Games Now by Luka Ivan Jukic. Uh, from the Atlantic, Hiss Spit, but it's actually a pretty decent article. I, I, was, I was thinking that because it's an Atlantic article, I thought like the conclusion was going to be, the problem with video games is that they are not anti-communist enough.
0: Uh, <laughs> but that was not
1: the conclusion, thankfully. Um, but uh, to get into it, last year, Nicholas Mulder, a history professor at Cornell University, asked his Twitter followers to help him understand a certain kind of student in his classes. ...players of the video game Europa Universalis. Students kept enrolling in his course on modern Europe because of the game, which he had only recently learned existed. Brett Devereux, a history professor at the University of North Carolina, saw Mulder's tweet as an opportunity to explain a new phenomenon. Devereaux plays a Europa, a Europa Universalis and likes it, but the fact that the video game developers, rather than professional historians, were responsible for saving so many young people's understanding of history... Deserve greater examination, he thought. The games made by Paradox Interactive, the Swedish studio that produces Europa Universalis, are among the most popular strategy titles in the world. Millions of people own the game, which allows players to take control of a historical nation or individual and guide the course of history. The average Euro- Europa Universalis player spends hundreds of hours on it. Some spends thousands. Uh, but spend- I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we got one of them right here. Spending that much time engaged with any sort of historically-themed content will affect one's understanding of history. And yet, to many players, exactly what they're learning from these games remains a mystery. Devereux aimed to correct that problem. Academic historians, he wrote in a four-part post on his blog, must now grapple with a new breed of students, quote, for whom paradox is the historical mother tongue and actual history is only a second language. That's such a good line.
0: Do you guys know how to like, tie a noose? I'm not really good with rope.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Something interesting that Paradox does by presenting itself as kind of alt-history is the things it takes as a given in a way, I think, get more naturalized. Um, like, for example, me and someone else ages and ages ago tried to do uh, a game in eu for. I believe it was EU4, where we um, played as North American indigenous factions and tried to prepare to fend off uh, colonization, basically. And what you will find doing that is you reach kind of a brick wall. Um, I think they may have expanded on these uh, factions and DLC since, because this game is insane amounts of DLC. (laughs) Um, At the time... You you hit a wall in technological development, and you have to westernize, and it's called westernize, um, in yep. order to keep well, developing. Which is kind of weird,
1: because you know North America is already pretty Western, um, <laughs> even more well, Western yeah. than Europe actually. So.
0: Yeah, all it means is that the trajectory that they have to become more like a Western European civilization is set in stone no matter what else happens. Um, So when you present this as an alt history where you could theoretically form like a a Uruquai fucking nation that, you know, fends off Europe and, and becomes a big chunk of North America or whatever, you're still doing it through this process that's basically what happened anyway, where you you take on the, these Western characteristics and and change fundamentally as a society. Uh, yeah. And I think that's very interesting. It's it's in the things that don't get to be played with that I think they they do the most ideological sculpting, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, they basically create like a railroad essentially or, or with many tracks you can go down, but they're, mm. it's constrained in terms of what uh, what could have been possible in the history that they teach you.
0: Yeah.
1: There are a couple more quotes in the article if you don't mind me going back to it. Sure. Yeah in the next paragraph, some time ago, we passed the line where historical video games are at the same level of influence and demand the same level of critical analysis as historically themed movies or TV shows, Uh, Devereaux told me, but despite the fact that PC gaming industry is now twice the size of the movie industry, many games have evaded such analysis. That is such a common fucking thing. Like, like video games are such a huge industry, and despite gamers claiming for so many years and losing their shit at like that one movie reviewer saying that video games weren't art (laughs) uh who was what was his name i'm completely blanking
2: yeah who who did that i I don't don't remember.
1: remember
2: um i remember the whole like conversation being a big thing uh one that i was like i kind of did not give a shit about yeah
0: yeah, I was like, yeah, obviously they're art, but like, yeah, yeah, like, they the, care that much. You yeah. guys seem really mad. I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Pick up a football. It, it, yeah, I, it I was Roger Ebert.
0: Was it Ebert? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> fucking awesome.
1: Oh, I want to read the quote here because it's really fucking funny. Yeah, yeah, do it. Uh, Video games could never be art by Roger Ebert, April 16th, 2010. Having once made the statement above, I have declined all opportunities to enlarge upon it or defend it. That seems to be a fool's error, and especially given the volume of messages I receive urging me to play this game or that and recant the (laughs) error of my ways. Nevertheless, I remain convinced that in principle, video games cannot be art. Perhaps it is foolish of me to say never, because never, as Rick Wakeman informs us, is a long, long time. Let me just say that no video gamer now living will survive long enough to experience the medium as an <laughs> art form. <laughs> 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 oh fuck, that's really. Oh funny. god, he rules. He rules. I love that. There's a massive and... fucking article underneath it that we don't we really don't need to get into, but like, uh, the that's that's the thing about video games. Is like the second you try to apply the same level of critical analysis that is applied to basically every other art form on earth to a video game, you have like this massive contingent of unwashed man children who freak the fuck out at you and basically start a harassment campaign.
0: Yes. Yeah. They want to have their cake and eat it too. They want the medium that they've constructed their weird little identity around to be respected, but not treated like art in the ways that matter right yes be critical of it you don't you dare call it a text i will fucking post your address online (laughs) uh, no it's it's really weird um and the the, let's say
1: hypothetically you made a video (laughs) essay about uh you made a video essay about a video game called the legend of blora uh
0: Yeah, I'm familiar.
1: (laughs) You might have what some would consider to be man children extremely upset at you for being critical of such a video
0: game. Gamers are the only thing worse than cartoon adults, which is, you know, (laughs) who got mad at me about the Korra ones.
2: Sorry, I just just remembered a, like, that beamed something back into my brain that I had forgotten about. I think one of my earliest uh, big interactions with the sort of like paradox brain thing came from uh when crusader kings 3 was announced and uh, there was a big old controversy as there is uh in the game like universe about the uh, allusion by the developer like just the hinting at the idea that maybe when the crusades were launched they would not use the words deus vault oh no i remember that yeah yes and uh, and this is, like, getting into some dark territory, which can be cut if need be, but um, the, like, the phrase Deus Volt, being that they are a Scandinavian uh, developer, had, you know, not many years prior been very explicitly evoked by a terrorist, a far-right fascist terrorist in Norway in his attack on left-wing, um, like, youth activists or, like, youth, um, labor youth members. Yeah, Andy and, Brevs. Yes, exactly. So, like... The idea that they would maybe want to not use that term, which is also explicitly t- like tied to the very origin of racism in the Middle Ages, uh, is very understandable. But when I said, you know, maybe it's ok that they don't use this, people fucking lost their shit in the comments, and yeah. uh, it was one of like the one like one of the early videos that I had that got a lot of use. And uh, yeah, like I didn't really experience that until that point where, like, I had uh, <laughs> directed gamer rage at me. That's
0: oh, yeah, the best, it, isn't it? Something fascinating you learn is that the, the vitriol with which you say something or the controversialness uh, of a given yeah. statement is not what matters. What matters is if it relates to a property that attracts the sort of people who get mad online about something like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, yeah. You can you can be as even-handed as you want. Uh, they won't care. They're They are there to freak the fuck out about whatever they can.
1: Yeah, they they they're you know they're having a good time. They're shitting yeah. their diapers as loudly and publicly as possible <laughs> for all the world to see, and that's their that's their they get off on that. That's what they love. Yeah, that's their
2: prerogative. But one big thing about that was that, uh, from what I can tell, the like the term Deus Vault wasn't very widely even used in the time period. Right. I, I believe it came up, and there are sources that say that, that when Pope Urban II called the First Crusade, people like chanted Deus Vault like God wills it. But I don't think it's like necessarily that tied to the Crusades. However, in Crusader Kings 2, it was tied very heavily to the Crusades because it popped up in the event text every time the Crusades began or you went on a crusade. Mm -hmm. So in their minds, the term Deus Vault has a deep connotation or a deep connection to the history of the Crusades because the video game made them think that. Right. So
0: would you say then that 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 decision in Crusader Kings two is a big part of why fascists today consider that to be like the slogan basically of the Crusades? Would would you? I don't say
2: think. That's uh, I, I think they're. I, I don't think the fascists got it from Crusader Kings in that way. Uh, but okay. I do think that because the uh, the like Deus thing and Pope Urban II is one of the earliest examples of like a very clear uh, situation where a an authority figure uses very racialized language. Oh yeah, and that is that is why they're using that because immediately after uh, Saint Bernard uh, of um, like famous as like the patron saint of racism, aka the patron saint of the Knights Templar. Uh, so he, um, uh, Saint Bernard, basically had to defend the existence of the Knights Templar because uh, Christians at the time were like, "Hold on, it's kind of weird that we have murder priests. I don't <laughs> think this is in accordance with the Bible." And in that like, defense uh, of the United Templar, he was, uh, United Templar, he was like, okay, it's okay because they're fighting this like, homogenous other group who are all actually not even human because they are the embodiment of evil on earth. So if you kill them, you're not actually, not actually killing a human. So you're not actually violating like, the teachings of Jesus or any other wow. uh, biblical figure. You're killing evil, not a human. Straight up, like, that is exactly what he said. And that, I think, is why uh, Deus Volt from the first crusades and St. Bernard from the first crusades are in like explicitly linked and explicitly linked to
0: far right, uh, specifically anti Islam uh, fascists. That makes perfect sense. I guess I just didn't think that these people would know anything. Yeah, no, you wouldn't think they
2: would read, but sometimes they do. And it's scary.
0: Listen, I hear there's translated fucking speeches from the Pope. I mean, that's a page-turner. I'm picking that up. Oh, yeah. (laughs)
1: Wonderful. (laughs) All right, so dipping back into the article for a bit. Quote, Mm -hmm. the student in your class that knows what Prussia is, is the student that played Europa Universalis IV, Devereaux said. (laughs) (laughs) And second, unlike other cultural mediums, games are about systems. They're about the mechanics, Devereaux told me. Those systems and mechanics are how video games can teach people history. The presence of such mechanics, though, does not mean that players will necessarily understand them. Quote, The major challenge is getting players to recognize and think explicitly about these systems. Marion Cruz, an assistant professor of classics at the University of Cincinnati, and a dedicated gamer told me. So basically, yeah, it's like what we were talking about earlier. The presence of these, the fact that it has to be fun to play kind of, ruins some of the historicity of it.
2: Yeah. There's one very, uh, like, obvious example of uh, mechanics trying to teach gamers something in Iron 4, and them completely missing the fucking point. Yeah. And that's with uh, how Iron 4 is all about production. And because of that, and production and like resources that you need in order to produce at an efficient rate. So an army doesn't work unless it's got guns, unless it's got fuel, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, And Despite this, the gamers are like, "Well, Germany probably could have won if they had just done these, you know, five things." Even though the game is constantly trying to tell you that Germany is in a position where it should not win because they don't have oil, they don't have like all these things that they need. Um like their food production will not sustain them through a, a prolonged war with the entire world, right? And uh, the gamers aren't sort of listening to this one thing that the game is actually trying to teach you in a very good way in my opinion.
1: Yeah. That that is something that's very interesting about these games is that i guess it is like theoretically possible in these games probably even like to win as the access uh, the yeah access. it's not
2: even that hard you just have to know the mechanics
1: which is particularly which necessarily yeah uh ridiculous especially when it comes to like i don't know i i don't know how many people want to play as imperial japan because like the races to want to play the access are typically you know don't want to play japanese people I think a lot of them are
0: probably weebs. There's an overlap, right? Yeah, Yeah. you're right. You're right. I like to play. uh, Or
2: I I, when I used to play this game, I haven't played in a long time. But I like to play uh, Imperial Japan because I like naval war. Right. And it's who the fuck fuck likes naval war? What (laughs) I'm fucking weird. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) What carriers are fucking cool? Okay.
0: I I can't i'm not gonna
1: participate in this. <laughs> it, it's some it's kind of interesting uh, but like i like don't encourage and I like him but like from just a <laughs> a sheer uh logistics scale like i i'd like to listen to dan carlin's hardcore history podcast and yeah that's a that's a fun one he gets into just how like from a logistics perspective impossible it was for japan to win this war based yeah. on the fact that like Oh, yeah. it took japan like several years to put together its fleet and like the united states was like cranking out like a new carrier every couple of months like you can't compete on that same scale like even if you manage to do like completely out strategize the u.s and completely beat them in major battles like they're gonna bounce back like after like a year yes. The big thing about
2: uh, Japan and the U.S. confrontation in the Pacific is that Japan went to war with the U.S. because they they needed oil and uh, that to fuel their navy. Mm. And in order to beat the U.S., they need oil to fuel their navy. So essentially, yeah. they're in, like, this catch-22, uh, which only exists
1: because they had imperial ambitions. Right. I wanted to get back into this article because it mentions that... Um... Uh, Europa Universalis uses the mechanic of institutions, such as the printing press and the Enlightenment, which appear in preset order at 50 years intervals, almost always in Europe, before slowly spreading around the world. Without these institutions, new technologies can be adopted only at much greater cost, meaning that over the centuries, Europe slowly pulls ahead of the rest of the world technologically. Blair is taught... That what made Europe exceptional was the adoption of these institutions, which allowed technological growth to flourish, and thereby gave European countries the advantage that they used to dominate the world. Want to play as a non-European and still succeed? You had better be willing to kill, conquer, and colonize." In other words, do what the Europeans did. Europa Universalis, like most Paradox games, rewards playing in a ruthless expansionist way. I can't count the number of times I have started a game for some light historical entertainment before finding myself intensely waging war against my unsuspecting neighbors. If Europa Universalis is like an interactive encyclopedia, it is one that transmits an insatiable urge to delete half of its contents. (laughs) Great line.
0: Now that's a completely correct critique, but I love the idea, Of sitting down to play EU four for some uh, what do they say light historical entertainment? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I love my light (laughs) historical
1: entertainment.
0: (laughs) Awesome.
2: The uh, institutions thing there is a thing that I see way too much in uh, Mm -hmm. certain history YouTuber uh, like sort of circles. The guys I fucking hate, yeah, um, who um, like they focus so much on these institutions these institutions, which of course are uh, belonging and uh, arising from Western traditional cultural values or whatever, uh, yeah. th- these belong to us and other people are getting them from us, et cetera. And the people who are best at doing them like us are the people who are best, you know,
1: <laughs> who who have the best countries, measured, of course, by GDP per capita. Of course. Uh, the big number goes up and that makes you better, obviously. Yeah. And it, it is pretty s- ridiculous how it's <laughs> it's like it just gives european countries like uh congratulations you now have an institution uh which <laughs> it's like i guess it's supposed to model like historically the invention of these you know creations like the printing press and shit but yeah uh it is very like silly how it just hands those out to yeah, there's like the a, european there's a countries. chance of you getting it i think based on like some stats uh,
2: of course, being in Western Europe then heavily sort of skews those stats in your favor. Like, you get a weighted percentage or something. It's a very typical paradox thing where technology sort of spreads out. Like, it appears in a place just sort of randomly or based on, yeah, these, like, chances and then spreads from there.
1: The next paragraph after that talks about how this sort of myopic view of, like, the state as being central to historical change. Um, there's There's actually... An interesting comment below that was like this view of history is myopic to say the least, and has led to some embarrassing shortcoming in the games. In previous editions of Europa Universalis, technological advancement was treated as inherently tied to a country's inclusion or exclusion from a quote Western technological group. Slavery, meanwhile, was relegated to the status of a minor historical footnote. In the Hearts of Iron, the Holocaust and other atrocities are giving passion mention or left out entirely. I feel like the the fact. That slavery is just sort of like, yeah, it wasn't a big deal, despite yeah. the fact that, like during the colonial era, like the slavery was had was like the mass extraction of insane amounts of wealth from the new world was built entirely on slavery,
2: yeah, so Alton, uh, it actually probably gets worse because if unless it's changed or unless I'm misremembering in Europe universal Universalis uh, universal, four, uh, each province, like each tile has a resource that it uh, contains. Mm-hmm. and each one contains one and those resources can be gold sugar that kind of stuff or they could be slaves yeah so they just tile... found them on the tile yes yeah. yeah.
0: that tile contains slaves. slaves yeah yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> grown
2: straight out the ground now i think you get events that are like okay we can subs like we can change our resource to slaves by enslaving the population i think or <laughs> mm. change it to something else by not doing that But yes, like I think slavery is basically like a naturally occurring resource in that game, unless it's changed. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yep. Yeah. That's the thing. Like it's getting better though. These games because Victoria three does a lot of this stuff a lot better. Like it doesn't have that Western tech group concept or like Westernization isn't even a thing that's used as a concept in that game. Mm. Uh, Even though that is something that sometimes by some nations was like was something that thinkers in those nations believed in, like in Japan when they were trying to sort of emulate the West militarily and stuff like that. Uh, But then, (laughs) because Victoria 3 did a few things better, it also uh, generated some backlash, which (laughs) uh, me and you talked a little bit about.
0: I have a theory about Paradox um, that over the years, their staff or development team overall have gotten more left-wing. And I think you see that in the way things are framed in games, but also how they... Tend to handle feedback um, because Paradox Games are funny because there's probably no other type of game that has such a high volume of both communists and Nazis that play <laughs> yes. it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I feel like, to their credit, they aren't taking on board much of the feedback from the uh, the fascist portion of their player base, from what I've sure, seen. True, Yeah. Um, uh, no, I so I I've, I've been like immersed in this, and and
2: they are not. Uh, but that's also because the fascists are just straight up wrong and yeah. uh paradox do employ some historical consultants thank god for I... that. famously yes.
1: history has a bit of a left-wing bias um yeah it's funny that uh because yeah. the fascists are just fucking morons who lie about everything for some reason uh
0: although i'm the historical consultant who told them that slaves are a naturally occurring resource <laughs> to grow <a> unfortunate
1: uh they actually do get into this and like the paragraph below that uh, the one i just read is a paradox has tried over the years of development to incorporate more historical complexity and nuance into its games the company's many expansion packs for europa universalis for example have corrected historical errors and deepened gameplay in non-european parts of the world so basically exactly what we said uh well exactly what you said earlier Kay. um and apparently devereux who has a found fault with many game developer's portrayal of history says that among video game developers he has criticized, only Paradox has responded thoughtfully.
0: (laughs) I believe that. Yeah. Because they clearly give a shit uh, if not about history at least about, you know, their reputation and connection to history. Um, Most game devs will just be like, fuck off. Stop being gay. I don't care. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about things that have happened. Tell me
1: about things. This is a yeah. game. There's no... The, 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 like, the thing that... That's the problem with, like, a lot of these games is that because they're commercial products and they need to be marketed towards an audience, oftentimes what happens is, like, history takes, like, a backseat to sort of popular perception, I think.
2: Yes. And they want to be popularly perceived as the game for the history nerds. So when the history nerds are like, well, this is wrong, they have to fix it. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, so... Lower down is like, often, of course, historical and is impossible. Paradox games are ultimately games. And in many ways, Paradox is doing nothing new. The idea of learning from strategy games has its roots in 19th century Prussia, when officers trained in battlefield tactics using specially designed board games. When Prussians defeated France in the Franco-Prussian War of 1870, these games were credited with their success and quickly spread across
0: Europe somebody's trying to hit a word count right now so yeah I, you think so I, also i feel <laughs> like that one's like a
2: <laughs> bit of a citation needed
1: yeah that's true that is quite the claim yeah. that they they attributed <laughs> it to their their board games uh, <laughs> it's just like a bunch of prussians sitting around a table it's like has he got a mustache Nine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: fucking age of sigmar he's just playing guess <laughs> yeah.
1: who and just
0: like oh, okay that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what we
1: used to beat the french uh
0: yeah franco-prussian war um guess who enthusiast that's a good character we should keep around i think <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, just like a fucking uh fucking board games nerd who's
0: <laughs> it's russian board
1: games nerd it's like yeah uh what is he's gonna that teach
0: fucking... you how to play katan yeah it's like Mein
1: Herr, have you ever played Settlers of Catan? It is so good. I don't know why board game enthusiasts are always hopping on C- Settlers of Catan's dick. That looks like... A-
2: well, isn't also Settlers of Catan, like, literally, like, a German tradition board game? As in, like, the type of board game? Like, there's genres and stuff. Oh, yeah. I think the Germans Is fucking it- love that shit. Damn, old yeah, you it-
0: nailed this bit. You're on it, <laughs> oh,
2: God. Those board games without RNG, because the Germans hate RNG, I think.
1: I will treat you one steal for a sheep! <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh wait, fuck! You roll a die in South of Katan. Uh, sort of Sorry, the bitch oh, ruined. ruined it. It's wrong. Ruined
0: yeah, it. shit game. Terrible, Delete this. Awful game. <laughs> <laughs> here's
1: a here's a really funny anecdote just inside the the, the article. Uh, Jonas uh, Surugi, I'm butchering that, but it's the Danish names. Who gives you shit? Uh, a yeah. European Salas player who works in the Danish embassy in Turkey told me that he had he had to do a lot of quote, unlearning after playing Paradox Games. When starting to to work in a fucking (laughs) embassy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. He found that the game's state-centric and linear view of historical development wasn't of much use in his professional life, which requires understanding the many nuances of Turkish history and culture. The games are a good starting point for learning about history, but given the current limitation, their history, quote, needs to be supported by other sources, he added.
0: Fuck, you know that I... guy said some crazy racist shit to some Turkish <laughs> people <laughs> that job. Uh,
1: he's just talking about the Ottoman Empire and some um, random Turkish guy giving him a blank look. <laughs> oh, I, if
2: I was working at the Turkish embassy, I would simply not uh, give this interview where I say that I had no fucking idea how
0: history worked before I started I working here. I had to here.
1: unlearn a l- bunch of paradox games <laughs> to w- Do my job.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he gives his name. Jonas, you fucking idiot. Don't give your name for this. Yeah, what the (laughs) fuck? You're gonna get fired, bro.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, But Devereaux, despite his many public criticism of the games, thinks that historians should be delighted by their popularity. Games, he argues, are still better than many alternative ways of learning about history. Quote, video games engage with their history in a more thoughtful and robust way than in TV or in movies, he said. Players, quote, have their eyes focused on those historical processes, which, as a historian, is where we want them to be looking. I agree. So Basically, the end of this article is just like, yeah, people learn uh, all kinds of shitty history from video games, but also it makes them enthusiastic about them.
0: I'm a lot more optimistic about Paradox, which which processes and how it draws your attention to i'm more enthusiastic about that in victoria three than a lot of their other games personally i think Mm. um i have not played much of it because it's a paradox game on release you got to wait for 20 dlcs till it's good that's how it works um yep they
2: recently released the vladimir Lenin dlc
0: oh yeah i saw Uh, that oh nice (laughs) I, I think john bit... brown is in there too i'm pretty sure yes uh, i think so uh, a, a lot of so radicals dope. does it
2: cover yeah it's
1: does it cover the period in which john brown was alive yeah oh
2: it's uh it's i mean it's from what 1836 to 1918 i think oh, okay yeah. yeah so i mean you get yeah, the civil war guy. and everything and yeah abolition a bunch of like uh yeah political movements and stuff which i think i hope they will flesh out because of the moment my problem with that game the big problem at least is uh, political movements are kind of constrained by nations there right. isn't a, really a very good uh representation of internationalism mm. yeah
0: it seems Which, like yeah. the the mechanic they introduced with the the lenin and john brown and, and co uh, expansion yeah. was to have these sort of political agitators that aren't constrained nationally did, did yeah did that they're still help? kind
2: of They're kind of constrained by national boundaries, though, in the sense that uh, when they're sent into exile, they're sent to a specific nation, and that's where they go. So, like, they're not necessarily working across boundaries with other radicals in other countries, which, of course, is what happened in the period. Mm. Okay.
1: One last thing to close out with from this article is, uh, lower down, it says, games in particular are, quote, antithetical to apathy, Cruz said. If you play a game like uh, Europa Universalis, Quote, You're going to start caring about the past, even if it's in a relatively superficial way. Anything that can call attention to periods or histories that most people wouldn't otherwise come across does a very real service. Paradox games give their players an expansive, detailed, exciting, and yes, controversial way to dive into history. And that's more than you can say for most high school textbooks. Which I, I think that's a great point. And I want to yeah. go back to the, what we were talking about with the Ecumene Aztec game and what an absolute fucking... Disappointment it is that it seems like there's no, like, there's basically, uh, from what we can see, no real emphasis or caring about the historical accuracy.
0: Yeah, there's no curiosity. That's what's missing is any fucking curiosity about it. Yes. And you see that when, you know, they get pushed back and they're like, oh, don't worry, we're not, you know, our game's not political. We're not trying to say anything. We just thought they looked cool fighting in the jungle. Like, yeah. It's...
1: To me, it kind of reads as like, well, this is a like setting that uh, assassin's creed hasn't done yet so we can just use it uh for our our set dressing and it it really does come across that way because you know you've got like assassin's creed it's done fucking uh jerusalem during the crusades it's done fucking uh renaissance italy it's done all these different fucking time periods and settings and every single one is like a fucking theme park ride
2: yeah and they're also going back to the crusades apparently
1: yeah, and it's like it seems like they wanted to make an Assassin's Creed game based off of what I've we've read about it, and they were like, "Well, where can we do it that hasn't been done by Ubisoft yet, or like the their competitors, like Ghost of Tsushima or something?" Yeah, and in you know, for all the the many valid criticisms we have of Ubisoft, you know, one of the things that people have brought up is that they do actually put a great deal of effort into if not making it historically accurate, at least having like some historicity in it, like they have real historical yeah. characters. They have put a lot of effort into recreating like historical sites. There's oh, something yeah. like Carl Marx. Yeah. We can't <laughs> use, you can't use violence. That's not, it's not the communist way. <laughs> carl That's was always
0: making funny. apologies for the terror you know he he yep.
1: said this famously is like when our time for the when it's our time for the terror we'll apologize and meekly go back say, to, my to our back home
0: so um i cyber stalked jonas shruji a little bit um and i would just like to reassure <laughs> everyone according to linkedin he still is working in the embassy in ankara oh thank you however God. However, yeah. um, I find his claim that like he had this historical basis from Paradox Games that he had to unlearn uh, interesting because he has a fucking bachelor's degree in history. What, He's a why fraud. Was...
2: He he, he <laughs> pretended to be stupid to be in the Atlantic article. Oh,
1: of course.
0: Jonas! <laughs> Jonas!
1: He <laughs> doesn't want to be in an article. Look, come on. Everyone wants to be famous. That's yeah. the, the most famous that history nerds can expect. It's either this or... Yeah. The infinitely uh, less dignified History Channel talking head appearance.
2: Yes, he's just there, like the consultant that shows up.
1: Yeah, you're like the the counterpoint to the guy that says ancient aliens built the pyramids, and you show up there. I was like, uh no,
0: they didn't. (laughs) Yeah, according to sources, I don't think this is likely. And then the narrator says, "There's no way to be sure what's true." Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. He's just like you just get like this fucking crazy ass looking guy who's like, "Ancient aliens built the pyramids." And then the guy's like, "Yeah, oh, no, that, that didn't happen. It's like, it's still controversial. The science hasn't been settled yet. <laughs> the debate rages on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> fuck. Uh, I love American pop history. It's the worst dog it's shit imaginable. It's great. I love it. And I want to say that, like, in, I don't know if this is more or less embarrassing. It's probably uh, about equal, maybe, is that uh, I can speak from firsthand that, you know, video games did get me interested in World War II history. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have gotten into World War II if it wasn't for Medal of Honor Rising Sun, uh, which is, the, in terms of historicity,
0: pretty dubious. <laughs> no, it's 100% accurate. That's got my seal yep. of approval.
1: You know, there probably, there probably wasn't, like, a patrol boat with, like, a Quad 50 mounted on it that, like, took down, like, 20 Japanese uh, Zeros in a, in, during uh, D-Day.
2: Yeah, but, like, do you have a source that for sure says there wasn't, though?
0: Yeah, no, I'm
1: going to say I that happened. Uh, and
0: you know what? I'm prepared to stake the reputation of my university on it. Um, they endorse that as yep. peer-reviewed. I,
1: I think it's very likely that ancient aliens <laughs> might peers. have caused... Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we reviewed it. Uh, ancient aliens might have actually caused Pearl Harbor. D-Day? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, ancient D-Day Ancient aliens too. did
0: Pearl Harbor.
1: I think we've basically run out of time. I think this has been a really great discussion, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it has.
1: I was hoping I would actually get more rizzed for getting into World War II via the the medium of Medal of Honor because it's such a silly way to get into history at all.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I can... I was trying to think if I could criticize you for that uh, before I started doing so uh, because I feel like I also got kind of... I mean, I played Call of Duty like one of the early ones on PlayStation 2 Mm -hmm. and got sort of traumatized because of a scene where like a dude gets crushed by a tank. Oh, Um, Yeah, and, uh, like, that was my first, I think, World War II type game. But I think I was, like, already into history before that because my aunt and her, um, and my granddad, my granddad was a historian. Uh, they went to Egypt and brought back, like, a bunch of, like, books on Egypt oh, and, ancient, yeah. like, ancient Egypt. I, again, I don't remember, like, I don't remember any of the actual specifics of the period and all that of what I was reading on, but I was a kid reading about ancient Egypt and I got sort of fascinated with history from that. I think.
1: Well, Egypt is one of those ones where I think it is very easy to get, uh, swept up into it because there's a lot of like children's books, like the eye, like eyewitness yeah. history that have like these really beautiful photographs of, uh, like preserved site sarcophaguses. Um, yeah. And I think that that's one of the big reasons is that, you know, they have all this, Uh, the Egyptians managed to, like, preserve, like, a significant chunk of their culture uh, in these uh, tombs that were not fucked with by Europeans until at least relatively recently. You get, like, the full color of that culture in a way you don't get with, like, so many other places. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, uh, you know, like the Aztecs. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I think every kid in, like, the 90s at least had, like, a period where they are like, oh my god, Egypt is so cool. Yes, it is cool. Egyptian history is great. But anyway, I think we should wrap things up. Uh, It's been like an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, We had a (laughs) couple other topics that we wanted to talk about, but we'll get to those in a later episode. Fred, I'd like to thank you for coming on the pod. Yeah, thank you. This is a really really great discussion. Uh, I hope the listeners have enjoyed this. So tell our wonderful listeners where they can find more of your great content on the Internet.
2: So, my great content where I uh, bitch and moan about people in uh, doing bad history and stuff in YouTube, uh, you can find either on um, twitter.com slash ineptfredda. Uh, that was me trying to figure out how to get Fredda, but also that being taken. So, uh, many such cases. And also YouTube slash, um, I think, is it just, it's Fredda YT, I think. YouTube.com slash Fredda YT. That's where I do all my videos.
1: And. Kay, where can people find you um, bitching about bad history uh, on the internet?
0: Yeah, if if somehow you didn't get your fix um, mm-hmm. from Freda, then hit me up on Twitter <laughs> at K and Skittles, uh, and the very same on YouTube. In fact, uh, it probably won't be out yet when this episode drops, depending. We'll see. There will be a video soon. Uh, where I actually uh, make an argument for why you should care about history as a field of study. And that's why I can't give Alton shit for getting into history from Medal of Honor. Um, because if anyone gets into history from watching a YouTube video, that's worse. I'm subscribing because I'm, I'm excited for that.
1: Nice. Yeah, I definitely recommend people check out... I recommend people check out Freda's video on uh, How Dwarf Fortress Abandoned Capitalism embraced Communism. Great video. Uh, your latest video about Liberal Crime Squad is very good because I'd heard lots about that as a, a fan of Dwarf Fortress but never actually looked into it or played it. And so it was good to actually learn what the heck that is. Very funny game. <laughs> it, it sounds like a fun game just from the, the premise alone. Uh, and go ahead and check out Kay and Skittle's videos. One of my favorite is like the, the neoliberal dystopian hellscape of fallout, uh, capitalist realism in fallout, I think.
0: Oh, that's uh, a classic. As, yeah, a, as a
1: classic. And then of course the videos on, Cora uh, and how shitty the politics are of that show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can find me pretty much everywhere at rude Fox Alton. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Twitch. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on Blue Sky now, because Reese was kind enough to give me...
0: I'm not jealous.
1: <laughs> I'm hoping that I'll get some more invites to hand out soon, but uh, stay stay tuned for that. For $1 a month gets you access to all our premium content on Patreon, like our Mountain Dew Horror Stories episode, which is a banger, if I may say so myself. Uh, video games are okay, maybe, where we actually talk about video games that we like, Uh, for once. You can find our podcast at at viewgamesaretheworst.pinecast.co and all major podcast applications. And anyway, I'd like to thank you for listening. Uh, We'll see you next time. Bye. And then you two say bye. Bye.
0: (laughs) Bye.